Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. And welcome to Liquid Lunch. It's me, Hugh Riley. It's a Tuesday, and uh, Aaron is my co-host today. Aaron. Hello. It's great to have you in. and Thank you. you. Brought a great uh, bunch of guests in today. We're going to be talking about art and stuff. So maybe you can introduce our first guests, uh, Sylvia and Hollis. All right. Nice to be back. Thank you for having me. A little nervous today. It's been a long time. I don't time. know why you're nervous because uh, <laughs> there's nothing to be nervous about. That's true. Yeah, I know. This isn't live or anything, really. So today we're here with our well-known Toronto artist, Hollis Baptiste and Sylvia Welsh. Hi, Erin. Hello. Hi, Hugh. Thank you guys Hi. for coming. So you're Sylvia welcome. is the creator and uh, curator of art. So collab. Um, Collaboration curator. Thank That's you. my moniker. And I'm going to pass this on to you to continue explaining how we know Hollis. Okay. So um, I am the owner of uh, Studio Visuals, which is an art space, and I've been working in that space for probably about eight or nine years. Most people probably know it as that place with the eye. Yes. On it, on Queen Street. That's Queen's right. And the garage door. That's yeah. right. Um, so that's when I met Hollis many, many years ago, and we've been working together ever since. So uh, more this than eight year, years. More than eight years. no, yeah. it's been about yeah. twelve or thirteen yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this year, Hollis uh, decided to uh, <clears throat> put together a compilation, a photo compilation of his works, and um, I have uh, some written word, and there are some other folks that have participated yeah. in it. So why don't you tell us about all the folks that you've been working with to pull your uh, photographic um, uh, book together? Yeah, I've decided to um, do a documentation of my book, of my uh, artwork. So I got uh, got together with Sylvia. Well, she does uh, some she did some writing and essay, and some editing. She's an editor writer. Um, Alex Platter, Alexander Platter, he's a photographer, uh, professional photographer. He did some uh, he did the layout for the catalog. He has a his uh, his gallery is called uh, Studio One Hundred Five, and. Um, Oz Phelps. He's a he's a local artist, photographer, artist, and writer. So I had him doing also an essay. And um, Jamil Kalim. He's a, he teaches for the Board of Education. He's a mm -hmm. he's a writer. No, actually, he's an artist, a multi multimedia artist, also a musician. And I got him to uh, to contribute to a little introduction of because I've known we've known each other for about. Uh, about 25 years, so I got him to do a little intro about the about the. So you pulled the, the you pulled this crew of people together, and uh, I mean ultimately it's your work, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, your work essentially is mostly found objects. And so yeah. why why is this book important at this time, Hollis? Um, because uh, it's it's important because um, I believe in documentation and and. Um, leaving something behind so people can read. So knowing that uh, a lot of uh, black artists in the city have not really documented their work because, like, it's hard to find. I've been to, to certain... Um, right, because um, you can do an art show. Yeah, you yeah, can have yeah. photographs of your work. Yeah. You can do all of those things. Mm -hmm. But if you don't actually create a legacy of yeah. your work mm -hmm. in, in uh, paper yeah, form yeah. and leave a book behind, I mean, Absolutely. we live in a digital yeah, world. Yeah. Artists, but artists, period, like, do not really document their work in a, in, a, in a book form. It's mostly done by uh, galleries or 
collectors might decide to, to do something for him. But to take on a project like this, is, I, through my research, I realized there's no documentation of a lot of documentation of black African Canadian artwork. So I decided to, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a book of, uh, of some of my works. And it's not only just one book. I decided to make a, going to do at least three or four different books. So and it's self-funded, yeah. Yes. So, and it's basically it's the first one that's self-funded, meaning that I got people together who can contribute to the book mm -hmm. and stuff, right? Who put money actually? So I've no, got no, some loans. you're not, you're not uh, <laughs> getting any funds from any councils no, yeah. or anything like it's well, purely uh, independent, independent uh, yeah. activity, which which is very much like the the gallery right. and the work that we do together. It's, yeah. it's very independent. Yeah, and I think um, it's important. Your work is. Uh, unusual and it's not easily digestible by all that see it so can you talk a little bit about your work um, I use <clears throat> I use a lot of uh, a lot of found found materials like recycle stuff you know like I, I tend to to take um, commercialized items and add something to them now right. I think we might have some images right. from the website so this is Sylvia. Do you might yeah. want to explain how this is on your website, right? And how so it all connects. Um, I have two websites actually. So the first website is um, studiovisuals.ca, and that is really an archive. So you know, Halls is talking a lot about documentation. So when I had the gallery, I um, used all of the imagery from the gallery for the past eight years, and then um, so that's kind of an archive. And then it adds as we do more things. So Hollis's work is on my uh, website. And then I have a separate website for the things that we do together. So, uh, you know, we mentioned my moniker as uh, the collaboration curator. So that's me. The space is studio visuals. And the project that we're working on is Two Hands Create. So yeah. this is Two Hands Create. Uh, so this is the project I'm working on with Aaron. Studio Which we're going to talk about next. Next. Yes. That's right. So good segue. And then the other... Um, the other website is uh, studiovisuals.ca, and that's where there's some written works and some photography of uh, Hollis's current work. So do we have any of Hollis's work that we can we see do. right now? It's on uh, Studio Visuals. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it while he's while looking up uh, the site uh, for uh, us? While we're looking at it. My work is, it has, it, it has, a, kind of, it has a, a political swing to it, um, a cultural swing, um, uh, what do you call it, like a, more like pop arty kind of approach. Where I use like dolls, guns, toy guns. Um, I appropriate other people's images. I don't steal them; I just appropriate them. Right. right? Inspired <laughs> by them. Would you Inspired say? Inspired, and I use other, uh -huh. I, and I and I kind of tag. I kind of do some tagging also, where I can. It's more. It's not like a graffiti tag. It's more like a. I take an object and I put another object that I either created or found, so I put all these objects together mm -hmm. to and make an uh, to produce the idea. And I, I like um, Hollis's work because it has a very, it's got a very subversive type of imagery, mm -hmm. right? Where you see a common image, but then he adds some punning to it, you know, right. it might yeah. be instead of the, there might be an image of a gun, and instead of peace, P-I-E-C-E, -E, it'll be P-E-A-C-E. -E. Well, yeah, right. play on words, right? A play on right. words and punning on words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's we, along the line of uh, a lot of different artists. Done and this then, before, you know. Mm -hmm. So, would you say the current one is um, focused on um, gun violence? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been I've been focusing on gun violence for the past fifteen years or, or right. so, right? And it's it's it never really went away. Gun violence has always been here, but you might see more of it now because of the social media, the Absolutely. cameras and whatnot. You can capture what's going on. But I've always focused on um, on, on on having a, a, a kind of uh, approach to 
to like showing like hey you know like violence is out there and so the, my first set of bodies of work was actually finding pieces of metal and wood and whatnot all over the mm -hmm. city and piecing it together to make guns right a kind of archaeological archaeological um, approach where the guns that I found for instance uh it was kind of historical, futuristic thing where I'm putting all these guns together that were dis discarded. Mm -hmm. So I found all these dis discarded pieces of guns as relics, and I put them back together. Right. Then my next approach was uh, actually associating like toy guns with, uh, with with children. You know, it was called gunplay, mm -hmm. where I, I actually, you know, like I, I put a doll and a gun together. You know, like the whole action of like buying guns for our children. You know, and I right. like conditioning them to like for the gun. So that was the gunplay series. So. Um, so I've been I've been doing guns for a long time and just incorporated it into my work or the or, or words and stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. it seems your art is getting more and more and more relevant with everything that's happening. So is is part of the release now related to some of what's going on and the frustration um, that we're having with gun um, gun violence, whether it's racial or not? It seems it seems that yeah, it's, it seems relevant now, but. 15 years ago, it was, it was still, it was still relevant, right? relevant, but What's now again, yeah, now you see more of it, and it's like, yeah, you know, like, so you, you might say, like, hey, yeah, the, is the, the gun theme now is, is, is extra relevant now because, you know, you, you see, like, there's a lot of violence that we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. Do you think there really is more gun violence? I mean, in Toronto, over the last 15 years, I mean, uh, or, uh, you know, I wonder even... We've heard so much recently with mm -hmm. the police shootings in the states and the, you know, the the, the racial uh, aspect to it. But I mean, even even if we're not seeing more, you see, that's it's still a problem. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. You see, like social media has, has made it easy for for people to see what's going on now. Mm -hmm. Fifteen years ago, it was still going on. We just didn't have the evidence visually, right? right? So it's it's always been there. So, yeah, so uh, when I met Hollis, it was uh, 2003, but when he started practicing and creating these works, it was in the 90s, and what was happening in the city of Toronto in the 90s were the Young Street riots because there were uh, several shootings with police officers and, and people that had mental health issues. They were also happened to be black. So the same issues, are they've always been here, and it just it really depends upon how accessible it is to the public right. and how people can get that knowledge. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is that police abuse is a global problem. Right. It's not a Toronto problem. It's, I mean, that we have racial issues, but the same kinds of gun violence with police happen mm -hmm. around the world, and it's a global problem. If you go to the United Nations website, you can find that information. Yeah. It's so the work is bringing light focus to, that. Yeah. to it. It's, it's bringing not, light to it. My work is not just focused on violence and police violence involving black people and people of color. I, I just, I'm just anti-gun. I, I don't right. believe yeah. in, in gun period. I don't believe in wars. I don't believe in... You know, volunteering for wars, for instance, my, me and my brother like did a pact um, about 30 years ago that we both was going to join the uh, he was going to join the United States Army. I was going to join the Canadian Armed Forces, and he went through. But I went went down to Fort York and went through the first steps, and I realized hey, it's not for me, man. Right. But he stuck it out for like 20 odd years, right? Went through the ranks and everything. So I've developed a anti-war gun mentality from from years ago. So just being portrayed now is some of the um, through some of the, 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 my artwork. 
but if always being like it's anti-gun, you know. Right, right. I don't own one. I don't plan. On, I tell people that when they ask me, how come you got guns in uh, your artwork? And I say, you know, to bring highlight to gun violence. And my guns are toy guns. The only thing that's going to happen to you, you might get squirt. You know what I mean? You won't get shot. <laughs> so can I ask you this, though? That being said, I mean, I think few of us are on the same page. Yet there are countries and cultures where people actually have to carry a gun for safety not because they want to use it and or others. So if you were in that position, where would you find yourself? I wouldn't find myself in that country, first of all. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, not every, like for instance, I know you're kind of maybe focusing on the states where they have like loose gun laws and everybody mm -hmm. can own a gun. I wouldn't own a gun still in the states. I, w right. I would not own one. I, I wouldn't be in a position to have to use a gun. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use one. A lot of people in the states, they don't have guns, you know? And, and they survive, I, but... I, I think it's really interesting because um, Hollis's work has always been made with found objects and it's not easily understood but because of the the social media and how pe the knowledge is spreading I think now people have will be able to have an appetite for his work because I don't think mm -hmm. they always did right because right. they didn't understand you know why is this guy making all of these things out of guns it might have been anti-gun or what have you mm -hmm. but now that everybody is thinking in those those lines right. the work becomes it's always been relevant, but it seems to be more, more palatable, I think, is Absolutely. what it is, right? Because people don't, are uncomfortable when they mm -hmm. see the images, right? It makes people feel very uncomfortable. Well, that's, what I, that's, that's, that's exactly what, you, what I want. I want people to have a reaction. I want people to, to, to question, you know, and, and, to, and to, to find, to seek answers. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't do, do shock art, where I, you know, like stuff like that. I do subtle messages. That, that resonate within your subconscious, I guess, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so like, I, that's what I want. Each artist wants somebody to, you know, like, I've read that art not supposed to be, like, common and soon, it's supposed to be shocking mm -hmm. and, and, and make, and give you, like, a, a kind of real, real, real image of the world from, from not, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with a group of seven, right? They, right. they represented what they saw, but also uh, there's an edge to art, a different part to art where it has to kind of wake you up to, uh, to a political situation, social issues and stuff, right? So mm -hmm. that's, a kinda, that's what I kind of approach to my art. So besides the gun stuff, mm -hmm. um, are there any other issues that, are, that really concern you? Um, um, accessibility. I, I really, uh, leading back to uh, the catalog book, um, it's, to, to, you know, a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of artists and they don't have access to galleries in this city at all. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole engine, the whole mechanism of art in the city is very limited. So for me to kind of get around that, I decided instead of like trying to, trying to have shows, 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 I decided like to let me just focus on a, on a book where something that, you know, it's something a hard copy that you can have and it's actually a show in itself, right? Mm -hmm. It's a compilation of my images and stuff. So to kind of counter the fact that, you know, like, can't get a show and the gallery owners, like, they don't understand your work, they can't market your work. I just say, you know what, I just, I just compile books of my work and have that do the talking for me, mm -hmm. you know, and I can also sell it and make money, right? And, and then, in turn, build up a, a notoriety but when I do have a show, it's like, hey, you know. That's right. So it's like marketing. This is all part of a marketing strategy. And through that, Absolutely. you do build more of you know, a, more of a following, and at the same time, this is the time because 20 years ago you didn't have the access that we did. That's true. And sometimes I think it's too many options. You don't quite know where to start or what to approach until you can focus it in. 
And that's but, the whole the whole thing about marketing art. I mean, so many uh, artists, like I mean, musicians included, right? I mean, I mean, Toronto's a great city for art. There's oh, yeah. a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I hear from musicians; they're complaining. There's too many good right. musicians in the city. It's hard to stand out. You got to go play in the 905 mm-hmm. if you want to yeah. get paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. So I mean, I'm just my my question because. Um, you're the owner of the the, ha- uh, the Habit Art Factory, right? Uh-huh. And that is, like, what is the real issue around marketing of art in Toronto? Not enough, not, enough, um, not enough marketers. Not enough people, not enough gallery owners actually taking a serious approach to, uh, to the artists, finding out where the artist is coming from, doing their research, mm-hmm. and finding a market for that work, finding sales and whatnot. Is there, like, is there, a, you know, the market, like, uh, it's... People have complained before, and I don't know if the situation is the same now, that uh, the P- Canadians and, uh, you know, including Torontonians, they're just not as um, art-savvy as maybe the artists would want them to be. Hmm. You know, not enough people actually collecting art seriously, that's, that's, that sort that's of thing. thing. Yeah, but also there's not, there's, not enough, um, there's not enough galleries. There's not enough people taking chances and risks. You know, you know that everybody wants to... Um, be liked, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind of thing. It's not that one's going after to be hated, but sometimes you got to do things that can make people uncomfortable. And, and but you need more. They need more outlets. The the, mm-hmm. uh, the artists definitely need more outlets and more publications. There's not enough writing like books about about artists and art. Period. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's uh, it's it's an industry. Toronto is a is a very vibrant industry. But a lot of potential. It's just not enough people taking chances. There's not enough risk takers in Toronto. So, can you tell us a little bit about the the Habit Art Factory? Like your well, your that's that's it's 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 actually my basement, my storage basement, right? I call it a factory because it's it's twenty <laughs> twenty odd years of of all my of, of all my uh, art, yeah, and different artists' work also, right? And the factory part comes in like I consider myself a factory, right? I put I produce a lot of things, right? Some like a, I always had the factory mentality that you have to produce as an artist. You gotta keep producing, so you have like you have an assembly line mentality that hey, I'm I'm a factory now. I'm, I'm producing. So habit is actually um, an abbreviation of mm-hmm. Alice Alexis Baptiste, and the it part was just to make the word habit, right? Right. So uh, and the art factory again is the me being a productive artist. I'm a factory, so that's that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And my, um, my, 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 my factory is, is just, uh, it's just a basement up on Keelan Eglinton, um, roughly about maybe 200, 250 square feet, just sealing to the floor of, of, of stuff, man, like mm-hmm. produce works, ideas over here, like junk. I, I collect um, car parts. Right now I'm collecting um, the under molding, the molding of the cars and automobiles, the molding parts, the, yeah. the black plastic under there. And I'm collecting that. I have maybe even have about 300 pounds of that, just for my future projects, right? So it's like you can't even just track. You can't even there's no you can't even sit down in there. Bro. I have I never been it. to the habit. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Yeah. You go in, it's, but you don't come out, right? He comes out. Trust yeah. me, bro. If anything falls in, if something falls down, <laughs> going down the stairs, if it falls to the right, you're in problems, man. So yeah. I advise people like 
Just hold on to your cell phones. But what do you? But here's the whole issue. I, I just want to talk about again the marketing of art and that sort of thing because when I go to galleries too, right? I see art. Like I have this crazy theory that there's too much art. I know I'm going to get in trouble for that. Don't <laughs> um, say that, bro. Because, <laughs> no, buyers. No, because yeah. I go. Okay, so that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like, right. yeah. I go to galleries. I see the art stacked floor to ceiling, uh-huh. right? Just like your place. And, um, you know, but what do you do? Because you don't want to lower the price, supply and demand, the economics yeah. of it, right? You don't want to devalue your work that way. So that, what do you do? You, that's, that, that's, whole, that's where the, um, the gallery owners and the writers come in. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, I don't have to go keep going to, to the Now magazine to find out what's happening in the city. And they give you, like, how many words, 300 words or something? Of a sh- you know what I mean? Like, there's not enough coverage. There's not enough, um, there's not enough marketing. For instance, um, the, the gallery owners need to, to promote the art more and not just focus on people who graduated art school. There's a lot of people who, who did not go to school who's, like, kick-ass, man. They, they're doing some... And the fact that they didn't go to school, they didn't get that indoctrination to actually follow a pattern. They're, like, making their own patterns. And there need to be more of a... Of a serious approach to the arts and to get the buyers now you can't force somebody to buy something right but you can entice them and there's not enough um inclination to buy because like the whole market the whole industry of the art is not really that focused on getting the product out you know it's cool to go to art shows and drink a little wine and go in the back and smoke something but when it comes down to actually okay fine about this artist or finding something hard copy about an artist not just uh, you know the artist statement or something. It's hard to find. Like there's no it's really ser- so for me to make this catalog now. It's like it's I've, it's not really groundbreaking, but it's a the, the approach is kind of groundbreaking, mm-hmm. right? The people You're I'm working with, and I'm actually like paying it for myself at the moment, right? So well, you need I, more stuff like that to, to you know. I think there, that uh, that's an important piece of it. Is I think that um, you know you go to galleries and you see the art stacked all over the place and so you have to wonder who is the gallery marketing to for all of these artists right and how are they doing it and so um, I think what we're doing is very unique in the sense that I'm a gallery owner and I am working as a writer on his behalf we're working together to produce something and so we're actually that in itself is a promotion and that will then drive the interest so people will know about the yeah, artist, yeah. they know about mm-hmm. the underpinning of the work, mm-hmm. and then and then they'll make an investment. Yeah. But mm-hmm. to go into a gallery and look at a painting and not know what the inspiration was and not know who the person was that um, created the piece of art, you know, yeah, it might be something that you're attracted to, but to make an investment, yeah. it has to have some deeper value to it. Yeah. It needs to have, yeah, and we were right. talking about that the other day, yes. you need to have a story behind it, you need to know the story Connection of the points. artist. What See, yeah. Yeah. See, I kind of use the uh, the 1980s Warhol, Basquiat, Clemente, um, Schnabel, and a few other artists approach because it particularly particularly um, Warhol because what he did at a particular time in the 80s was to to get some writers together and pay them and just pay them with his art, right? Say, barter. Yeah. 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 That's well, what we really, do, right? Not really barter, barter, but kind of not barter, but kind of bribe, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one says that. He actually got writers to, to write about, to sensationalize his work than him, right. you know? So he created this whole, this whole mystique, this whole aura, you know, about himself by just uh, talking to writers privately 
and then and then giving him his work mm-hmm. to um, to write about. So that's that's the approach I'm kind of taking now. You know, I got some writers together. You know, it's like a, not secret, not really secret backdoor deals, but um, <laughs> more a frontal approach deals where I say, listen, this 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 strategy can work. Write about me. I did that. I said, write about me, and I'll and I'll give you a piece of my work. It's a creative <laughs> you know? approach. I actually did that to to some of the writers. I I couldn't pay them financially, like with monetarily, right? I just I gave him some of my work and got them hooked on. I got them sold on. Like, hey, I got them all amped up. Yo, just we're gonna do this, man. This is. Do said, yeah, man. He went out there, wrote, wrote a piece, and I said, I'm gonna give you one of my one of my faces that I make. Yeah, man. So you gotta do. You gotta you gotta actually take an approach like that to. Right. To um, you gotta create something. You gotta create a buzz. You got you have to absolutely create a buzz, not just by um, being like a member of the AGO or just being shown by you know some of the bigger galleries in the city, but by just you know the underground approach to it. It's also creating that connection point and the excitement through that because again you go to a gallery you see stuff when we're in the gallery and people come in and meet the artists the reaction is completely different they engage in a different way and most often they walk out with something Mm -hmm. so that is one of the things we're lacking and you know Hugh and I've even interviewed many bands and no one's making money from selling CDs so what do they have to do sell t-shirts do more shows so you have to now put yourself out there because we have too many options with social media locations and when you take on any kind of art in a gallery or in a store if you are not uh, creatively thinking around how you're going to expose the art and the artist it sets you back so at this point are you just charging for the space and having a turnover because your artist is not growing through what you're doing so I think people need to now creatively figure out where's the longevity in this because mm. we do have a lot of talent and I don't think that Toronto and Canada doesn't appreciate art. I think we appreciate art heavily. Yeah, the yeah, difference yeah. is it almost feels like at times it's not taken seriously or you don't yeah. look at it as a curator. Anyone who loves art can curate art and create their own connection or surround themselves yeah. with what applies to them. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be difference here. So what do we do to pave the way like you are with the book right now? Because mm-hmm. when you have a book or even a video or whatever it is or a film, every time you look at it, you, you grasp something new or you mm-hmm. see something you haven't noticed or it connects in a point where you are in your life with an experience and then it sparks it all up. So through what you're doing, I think you're going to be able to uh, be successful with that oh, okay. and then you have your series of books and mm-hmm. it's important for artist collaboration as well to keep feeding each other that energy to continue yeah. just because we may not have the investors or the support in Canada does not mean oh, that yeah. we can't be successful we just That's can't true. expect others to do it for us right. all the time and I, I think there's not enough writers I've always said this before like there's it's not enough writers to write about art you know, like every every week, you know, we get a little review in the now, and it's, you know, we have Canada Life, uh, Canada Canadian Art Magazine, Canadian Art Magazine, Canadian Art, and you know, but there's there's no like there's no like local publication to say, for instance, like somebody's going around and uh, documenting shows that happen within a month, and then all of a sudden putting something out and giving it a review. Mm-hmm. Like these things are like it's needed, right? It's, you know, we need more writers to fix. To write about art. And, you know? But, you know, technology has changed quite mm-hmm. a few things, right? Publications, that's a, right. the perfect example. 
the book, book market has changed, but I think the book market still exists. Yeah, oh yeah, right? definitely. The yeah, newspapers yeah, yeah. have, you know, yeah. gone to on online formatting and but those kinds of things. Exist, yeah. They right. still exist. But I think to your point and to Q's question about, you know, what is what what does the market need and how do you sell art? I mean, and how do you separate that from uh, the art gallery, like the art gallery, is it really accessible to everybody, right? right. Mm -hmm. Because you have to pay to go there. Apparently, the Smithsonian in Washington, it's free. free. You yeah. can just go in, yeah. right? Whatever. So accessibility alone and bringing people's um, knowledge base higher by accessibility then can feed your market, right? Because mm -hmm. then people will have an understanding. It's not, art isn't that accessible in the city of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Right for I free, mean, unless, you know absolutely. what I mean. Unless you you are in, are you invited because you know the artist? Are you invited because you know the gallery owner? So well, if you know there's a show on, yeah, I mean, go AGO you got to pay, but everywhere you know, everywhere else is free. You can but go in yeah, if you yeah, know yeah. the time yeah. and the place, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is it, it, but would you just go to a random thing, or would you go to something that was of interest to you? And how mm -hmm. do you find that? Oh, you, thing, yeah, right? finding out about it's that. It's finding what you're interested in and going to that place and feeling comfortable when you arrive there, right? Well, we can tell some people right now where they That's can right. go. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Because now <laughs> the book is called, I just want to, before we get to yeah. that, the book's called Bad Habit, yeah. right? And uh, Sylvia, uh, you want to tell us about the event? You're going to have Hollis's work there and people yes. can go there, um, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're in the final stages of editing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. I think yeah. you're re reshooting some photography. Yeah, we have to, we have to do some, uh, this is just an interesting story. The photographer, he, um, he went through just a few of the uh, images and decided, like, it's not as clear as he wanted it. So he had to reshoot about four of them. So after he reshot those four, the, the, the book is going to have about 23, about uh, 20 images, 20 of my uh, work. So after he reshot those, uh, those four images, he realized that, hey, you know, like, these look fantastic. So he decided to reshoot all of them, the rest of the, the images, because we want to go for perfection, right? Like to make it really, really good. So he, he just decided, listen, I'm going to reshoot all the images again. So we're we're aiming for an October launch, I think. Originally, we were aiming for, for the book. Yeah, yeah for yeah. for the book. We originally were aiming for the August, and so what we had all finished writing and such. Uh, but I think we're aiming for the October fifteenth at uh, Studio Visuals, and uh, that will be a, a night shop, six to ten yes. p.m., and we'll all be there. And yeah. Right. Each month, middle of the month, we do have a live event at the gallery with right. the new artist of the month. So that way, people can come and actually get to interact with the artist. So again, we have found that's really effective. Not only do people come back and create relationships with these artists, but it's the connection because no matter how much we have social media, mainstream media, it doesn't matter. People still want to connect, right? Exactly. And we're finding the connections we're making are pulling people back in because it's actually what we're lacking again. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need to do and succeed, when we remove the personal connection out of it, it is not going to... Uh, have the same longevity as it does with the pull that we're getting at the gallery in a very short period of time. Yeah. So, okay, studiovisuals.ca, that's the website, that's right, That's the website. Yep, so October space. 15th, what night of the week is that? that that's is a, a Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, that's perfect. Yep. 6 right? to 10 p.m. And we're also open from 4 to 6 p.m., I mean, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the gallery between Fridays to Sundays. Yep. And we'll talk more about our live events in the next interview. <laughs> okay. And plus, you can go on the website and find out more. That's right. Absolutely. And Hollis, do you have a website for for your stuff? No, I don't have a website. Um, you have links on my website. I have links, uh, web presence. That's, that's what we that's that's good. Pull up. Yeah, web presence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Okay. You can find, gallery or you can look up Paulus uh, Baptiste and you'll find yeah. like all different kind of things and absoluteart.com I got some work there um, just yeah you'll find different things of you know you punch in somebody's name and you'll, you'll get whatever they did right okay. so there's a few things but I don't have a website yet I'm working on a website are we able to pull up the um, link that's through studiovisuals.ca for Hollis yeah are is we there Chris is there anything else we want to share, Hollis, that we missed? Um, the, yeah, the, the, the book catalog is going to be um, at least 30 pages, maybe 35 pages, uh, eight and a half by um, 12. Um, hard or soft copy? We're, we're doing both. We're doing both hard copies and, and soft copies. And another thing, I, I'm really, in, I'm, me, like, uh, you can ask Sylvia, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I love to document and, and collect and save things. So I've been, I've, I've, for instance, I've been saving invites from 20, 30 years ago <laughs> from artists for the sole purpose of one day opening a, a museum and having all these archival things, you know what I mean? So that's, that's where the book comes in. I believe in documentation and putting things in a book so it could last longer than, than the art actually, yeah. right? So I'm also into like buying other artists' uh, catalogs and books. All right, so I have a little collection of that at home that I cherish and stuff. So to me, a book is always is the number one thing to have as a, as a form of reference and, and proof that something existed. I mean, as a child, my, my dad was always, every Sunday I had to read a book. Every Sunday was book time. No TV, no outside. It was just grab a book, man. So I've read one book. <laughs> I've been reading like... One book for like over 20 times, oh man. God. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I've always, I love to read. You see me on the subway. I, I, I'm not on my phone. I'm reading. So to me, it's just to document things. Books mm-hmm. is, is a number one form of entertainment for me in a sense. And what's great is that you're leaving this behind for your family and your bloodline. And it's an example of what they can accomplish. For the world. Absolutely. 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 Is there an age group for the book that you're going to be putting out? Um, there's, no, there's no swear words in it. There's no parental advisory <laughs> thing in it. So, so if I brought it to read, my son who's six years old, who's oh, sitting love with it. me, very interested in this kind yeah, of book. Yeah, yeah. It'll catch his imagination, first of all, because there's a lot of toys in it, right? That right. use toys, so he might, he might get, you it know. It triggers a lot of questions. Toys, and it'll you know I mean? open up a conversation, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. This is really exciting, Hollis, and it's really exciting to have this connection because I think parts of us are very much on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. So the documentation is a form of uh, bringing us together as well, too, and giving us this opportunity. I was surprised um, when Sarah uh, Sarah told me she's working on an interview, and Erin got in touch with me and told me, like, uh, we're going to do an interview. It was like, I didn't have any chance. I'm thinking, an interview. You know, it's good. So and so, like I had only had like about three days to prepare, right? It's like everything was just like Zoom, you know. <laughs> and you but, want it? It's here. Let's go. <laughs> you know what? That's a great thing because it's like I, the urgency of it all is, is really important now, and to you know to get things done immediately and now is is, is a good, is a good thing. Right? And so, I think the signs have been there. So mm-hmm. as much as at times we feel like we're not ready. Well, how much more ready can we be? The time is now. Are we moving forward yeah. or not? So it's been amazing to be able to verbalize where we want to be and ha- so watching it evolve. Yeah, hey. And thank cool. you for so letting us be able to talk about it here. Yeah, no problem. 
Thanks so, uh, thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. My, all my pleasure, man. All the best. My pleasure. I'm glad to be we'll here. We'll be bro. back with the book, Hugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have to awesome. come back. Yes. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm impressed. I'm not easily <laughs> impressed, bro, and I'm impressed. <laughs> 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 okay, awesome. Thanks, Hollis. <laughs> hey, I put that in buddy. writing and we'll put it on the website. So, <laughs> you had a buddy say that. There's a guy on LinkedIn who says that. I'm not even impressed, but I'm impressed, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a joke. You'll get the okay, signed copy of the book. Out. We're putting it up video uh, thing. Yeah. But anyway, thank you. So yeah. we're going to take a little break now, and then Perfect. we're going to come back with more, right? Yes, Aaron? thank you. So, the rest uh, of the artists for August, that's Studio Visuals. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll be right back. Thank that's you. Firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.